I'm Gareth Owen, and this is Dragonheart. Welcome to Dragonheart. Sorry, it's been a bit of a time for myself to have been on it. I've been caught up with loads of crazy different things, but we've got loads of things to talk to, talk about today. But firstly, Neil, how are you, mate? Yeah, all right. So I feel a bit better than I did yesterday, but uh, yeah, and at the end, I think I'm, I'm glad I missed the game yesterday after watching it. So uh, I'm in the cold, and your conversations are half time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, we were there, weren't we? We'll be talking about that Burton game. Hmm. We'll also be talking about the Oval game. We'll be talking about the COP as well, and what's happened there. And we've got a secret segment to talk about. A little bit of an announcement, something to do with last season that we all three of us partaked in. So let's not let's not waste any time. Sounds like an orgy. Is Dragon Art. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> These people. Oh welcome to the official YouTube of Rexham AFC. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Dragonheart. I'm Steve Dale and this is Dragonheart. Wrexham victorious last Sunday against a very solid Yeovil side. I'd say a very good side for their league. We end up comfortably winning 3-0. Neil, it, 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 on paper, I thought the game was a lot tougher than it looked. And to be fair to Yeovil, they give us a good game, didn't they? They did give us a good game. They, they didn't create a lot in front of goal, should I say. And I thought Wrexham for the majority of the game looked very comfortable. Um and for me, they didn't really get out of second or third gear. They did when they, they upped the game to score the goals. But, uh, yeah, comfortable win in the end. And what could have been a very tricky fixture uh, and a tricky game with, you know, Yeovil doing so well in their league this season. Yeah, of, of course. And I think that's a key point, Neil. Um, regardless, and Phil Parkinson agreed as well, regardless of what league you're playing, if you're playing a side that's, you know, in the top three in any league, they're going to be high in confidence, Mark, and they're going to have a lot of, you know, quality and belief in themselves. And these sort of games can really be banana skins, can't they? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's exactly right, isn't it? They're, they're playing well. They're used to winning. And also, let's be honest, they're used to being on the front foot and being on top of games. So, you know, that, that leads you to expect them to cause us problems. I thought they were a little passive at first, which, to be fair, they are two divisions lower than us. Um, but I wondered if they were a little wary about the fact that we could harm them and the fact we got an earlier goal, which set them back a little bit. Um, because when they got a bit higher up the pitch, you know, and started to be a little bit more aggressive during the second half, you could see glimpses of, you know, a side that could trouble us. But yeah, as Neil said, we were in complete control. The second half, uh, yeah, we, we, we really sort of coasted it again. Um, in the commentary, Neil was talking about game management. That's exactly what it was, wasn't it? We were we did very well. Uh, the only sort of disappointment really was the injury to Hayden. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just about to talk about that. I was just meant to, about to mention that Neil. It it was very very frustrating for everyone in the stadium, wasn't it, to see Aaron Hayden um, come off, wasn't it? Yeah, because he's not been in the team again for a long period of time. And, you know, the same thing happened to him last season in the FA Cup. 
where he was injured. And it's, it's a shame because he's such a, a good player and a solid player for Exum. And we've got so many players out injured at the moment from the defensive line that uh, we had to reshuffle yet again just to to put a defence on the well, a centre three in the, in, on the on the pitch. Um, yeah, so it's going to be tough. Come a few games without Hayden again, um, but we, we cope very well. I don't think the Oval put us under much pressure. The, the only pressure they came on on Sunday was uh, the free kick where Howard made a fantastic save up in the the right-hand corner and tipped it around the bar from a free kick. And apart from that, I didn't think Yeovil troubled us, but Hayden again would be a very big loss. Like, you know, we've got so many defenders out at the moment. Uh, yeah, we have. And Mark, would, would you say that it's, it's an injury crisis or is it borderline an injury crisis? Because we have got a lot of centre-halves out, haven't we, at this moment in time? I would say and that. goalkeeper. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I would say that. We're not for the fact that we can still put out a team uh, which can go toe-to-toe with a pretty much a full-strength Burton side from the division above and give them a good go. You know, we, we got such fabulous squad depth. I mean, Jay, you were saying before the Burton game, not so long ago, we'd be thrilled if that second 11 yeah. was our first 11. And yeah. you're 100% correct uh, when it comes down to, to actually, you know, sort of like... Putting dealing with an injury crisis. Thankfully, we've got squad depth. I mean, a couple more, and even our deep squad might be trouble to touch. But it's it's fantastic the way that that we're able to to adapt and cope with the loss of key players. It really is. I mean, the depth of our squad. Looking at you said then about having a defence out. I mean, you could have a Concord goal, Hayden O'Connell, Tunnicliffe, three centre backs, Barnett at right back. All these players are out. Stick Ford on the left. Here you go. Yeah. There's a whole defensive unit, six players out of, uh, who, you know, feasibly could be your first uh, your first choice defence, couldn't they, to be fair? Yeah, of course, yeah. It, it, at their best, that could be our first choice defence later on in the season. It, who knows? And that just, you know, the, the squad depth we have, Neil, is, it, it's incredible, isn't it? And, you know, you've got to give praise to the owners for really putting their hands in their pockets for oh, that, yeah. really. <laughs> Definitely so. I mean, Paul Clueth, he's, he's been a fantastic player, you know, and he's, he's sat on the bench for, for months now, but, you know, he comes in when needed and he will come in at any time to, you know, to stiffen up our defence. He's a great player, he played really well last night, uh, a solid player and helped us out last season when we had a, a few def- defensive issues with uh, with injury again. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even, you know, the young lad Davis came in, you know, we have got players, as Mark said, you know, who played against Burton, against a virtually a full-strength Burton, who did very, very well last night. We got Boyle there as well. So we are so lucky as a team now when we've got such good owners who brought all these players in and give us, you know, it, you know most teams would falter with so many injuries in the defence, but we seem to have players who can come through and, and pick up a role. I'm, Connor has been shifted all around defence, you know, and fair play to him, he's done a fantastic mm. job. Um, so, yeah, but it is a worrying that we've got so many defenders out at this moment in time. It, it, it is a worry, but we do have players who can play in several roles and the fact that, you know, George Evans and Tom O'Connor aren't natural centre-halves, Mark, mm. they're certainly doing more of a more of a job at this moment in time, aren't they? Uh, that Notts County game, 
I, I, I remember working out when they both that was when we first dropped them both back into the back three at the same time. And I remember working it out that both of them throughout their entire careers had each played about 12% of the games they played at centre-back. So they are, you know, they're clearly both very accomplished, but they are both stand-in centre-backs, aren't they, really? But they are both so good at that job. Yeah, I mean, the only issue I've got with Tom O'Connor at the moment is that after the Movember, he looks incredibly like Mike Wozniak, the comedian, um, who is great, but he looks too much like him. It's slightly disturbing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love O'Connor. I've always thought since he first came to us that <clears throat> he's he looks a higher level player. He's so comfortable and smooth on the ball. And and then Evans, I mean, goodness me. I mean, I, I just feel we need to think about him for a, a bit. He's he, cl- he hadn't played that much football for the two seasons before he came to us. And... At first, I felt you could see really good attributes, but it, it wasn't quite adding up to 90-minute performances. Uh, and looking at him now and the level he's at now, I think it's reasonable to say that's because he had no match fitness whatsoever. Uh, because once he's got a few games under his belt, oh, that guy is a Rolls Royce, isn't he? I mean, he's just yeah. class. What a, what a player George Evans is. Yeah, G- George Evans, Neil, has, it's been a really high-class signing. Yes, as Mark said, it's taken time to really get used to the swing of things. In League 2, he has been playing at a higher level, but his class is shining through and it's the type of player you want to be getting into League 1 with, isn't it? I totally agree with you, but I totally agree with what Mark said. I mean, at first, I thought he was he was very rusty. Um, I was wondering at times, you know, why is he on the pitch at the moment in time? But obviously, he needed game time. Um, and, yeah, he, he puts in a, a good shift now, and to, to have to go back into the you know the centre three in defence, and O'Connor, you know, I think O'Connor maybe has found his best position there. For me, he's he's played his best as a defender. He's done superbly in, as a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but Evans, yeah, he's grown on me. He, he gets better and better each game you see him play, um, and, and an accomplished defender as well. I mean, yeah. I think Andy Parkinson, where he's been a bit unlucky because the games he's commentated on with Evans, he commentated on a lot of the early Evans games where, like I say, you could see he was a good player, but he he was lacking match sharpness and he wasn't quite putting it all together. Um, and so I, I noticed his shock because I knew he had misgivings about Evans and I kept saying, mate, he's okay, don't worry. His shock at the Morgan game, when having seen a sort of series of Evans at half pace games, saw Evans at full pace, he was really and he was was really struck by. Okay, this guy's good. This guy's really good. But his awareness of what's going on, his picture in his head of what's happening, allows him to play first time passes that other players would have to stop on the ball and have a think about. By which point, of course, the opportunity's gone, and we saw. I mean, that Morecambe game is the best illustration of it, but with the points in that game where he got a bit higher up the pitch and was linking with attacking players with good movement, like Lee. Oh, it was scary. I, lo- I love yeah. the idea of Fletcher being fit and playing off Mullen because they're both intelligent players who move around well. Uh, have good movement, should I say. And then you, you put McLean and Ford into the mix. and You put Lee and Evans into that mix. I'd just love to see us... With all those players doing that lot of late match thing they do when Fletcher comes on, playing around him and enjoying 
interacting with him and just absolutely ripping the team to shreds. And I, I just I'm 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 just waiting for that moment when they're all available and we can have a right laugh. Oh, I think I think when we when we have full strength, you know, it's going to be scary and it's going to be really hard to pick a, that first eleven. You know, we, yeah. you, you mentioned all those players and even mentioned Mendy and people like that. It, you know, we've got such an incredible um, squad depth. We say this all the time, but slightly changing the subject now. The prize prior to the game was if we beat got through you Yeovil, we finally got a real, real derby in Shrewsbury Town. To the fact where I I do seem seem to I have heard people say that they see the Shrewsbury game bigger than they see the Chester game. It it Neil for your neck of the woods. It's going to be a big game, isn't it, for the people of Whitchurch? No man's land between the two clubs. <laughs> it is, but as I said before, I think there's far more Wrexham fans in, in Whitchurch than there are Shrewsbury fans. But it's funny you said that. I mean, the Shrewsbury fans I know have started coming in the shop wearing their Shrewsbury colours now. <laughs> <laughs> Which you would never normally see them be wearing. <laughs> getting their uh, small victories in uh, before the game happens and reality kicks in for them. Yeah, I think I think they're scared. I think they really are scared of Wrexham coming to them and whipping their backsides, to be honest. <laughs> well, uh, it, but it'll be a cup game. It, you know, it's a cup game, anything can happen. But, I mean, sure, I'm sure Shrewsbury will rise to the occasion, as will Wrexham do. I mean... No matter what, it'll be a great game, as you say, Chase. It, it is a good local derby. We haven't played them for for a number of years, and the last time I went and watched them, we lost at their ground. The season we got relegated, and uh, we owe them one. And we'd like to get through to the fourth round of the FA Cup by giving them a hiding. Mark, it, just explain to the international viewers like how big of a game this is, because we always talk about Chester first, don't we? Yeah, that yeah. that that is. That is the big one on everyone's minds. But really, when you come to think about it, Shrewsbury is a very close second, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I I've got to be honest. I, I would put it in that order. Um, to me, to me, Chester is a real huge, huge game. It's only twelve miles apart. Um, there's all sorts of factors that I think really make that massive for us. And I, my, my thinking personally would be that. If you see Shrewsby as a, a bigger derby, I would assume it's because, like Neil, you might come from Shropshire, where Shrewsby are more in your consciousness. But but for me, I think Chester's the derby, but Shrewsby's definitely the next one up for me, and by some distance. Um, there is, you know, so there is a genuine rivalry there. Shrewsby loved it when, like you said, they walloped us near the end of our last season in the Football League. And it was a real pounding, and it hurt. It hurt a hell of a lot. Um, and, you know, in the late 70s, when I started watching football, we had a weird thing where we sort of paralleled each other. So Wrexham won the third division, won the Welsh Cup, went up into the second division, the championship now. Shrewsbury did exactly the same thing the next season. And that next season, we played them in the Welsh Cup final. And it was just, you know, it just felt like, okay, they're doing what we're doing now. We're consolidating in a championship. It's not that exciting. We've lost a few good players. But Shrewsbury had this really exciting side that was stepping up and going for it. And they achieved what we achieved the year before. And 
So, yeah, it's, it's a proper, proper rivalry. There's lots of players who played for both over the years as well. Um, I, I don't think it's quite as spiky as Chester, but it's a it's a proper, full-on, historic derby that's gone goes back quite a while. And, yeah, I mean, what what's Shrewsbury? 50 minutes an hour from Wrexham at tops? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's it's close. It's, and although I'd say Trammy is a little closer, to me, Shrewsbury has a bit more of a sort of historic depth to it uh, and a bit more depth of feeling to it. Well, I'd argue that Shrewsbury are a more similar-sized club to us than what Chester are. So, from a sporting point, I'd say it's a bigger game because obviously they're League, of, League One and what have you. And we haven't played them in a, in a long time. I've always really disliked, had a strong dislike, obviously don't like Chester, but I've had a really strong dislike for Shrewsbury because as a kid growing up, apart from the 0203 game where we beat him away, but I was too young for that. I was too young to go to that. I, the home game on my first season, I seen Rexham v Shrewsbury was a draw. Jamie Tully scored for Shrewsbury, I remember. Am I right with that, Mark? I don't know, because it wasn't my first game for against Shrewsbury. No, no, the 0203 <laughs> season when we Tot- played Tully. Shrewsbury. Oh, yeah, that was a three-all draw, wasn't it? Three-all draw, a yeah. Tracking goal, curling yeah. it in yeah, from the outside the box. And they were poor that year. And, and that's one of the yeah. things, I suppose, it's a terrible cliche, but... Yeah, you know, the form goes out the window when it's a derby, all that nonsense. And so we got promoted that year and were excellent. And in the run-in, we were spectacular. And yet Shrewsbury, who were poor, came to the race course, drew three all. I have a gut feeling that they may have led three times or we had to equalise three times yeah. as well. So, yeah, you know, a derby game can be unpredictable. I'm just curious about this one. I mean, Shrewsbury are been odd this season. I know Neil will know better than I do, but I know they're very concerned about their lack of goals. They've only scored very much only scored yeah. twelve goals in the league this season, and yet they are twelfth on the table. Um, their but- fans are really concerned about the number of sco- goals and, and how boring they are and how drab it is to go watch them. You know, that's all I hear. You know, yeah. when you they seen- beat Notts County in the cup to get through to to play us, you know, they were they were gifted three goals, which it never would have scored normally. Is what I'm being told. So, oh please, yeah. They- their fans are not happy. They're really not happy. That, that, that could that could suit a derby game. A, a team that are really tight at the back. You know, they they get an early goal against us. We could we could struggle. I mean, I've got to say that Notts County game, Neil. You are so right. Yeah. Anyone who has not seen those goals must watch those those the goals. It's astonishing what Notts County did. Um, don't get me wrong. Well done, Shrewsbury. You've won at Notts County three one. That is a proper three two, is it? That's a proper result, um, because we know how good Notts County are. But their defending for the three goals was, I mean, beyond hilarious. The, the third goal, there are so many. Not- Sorry, I, I was trying to talk about it without laughing. There are so many Notts County players who get a touch before the shoes with their taps are in. It looks like Notts County are attacking that goal. It's hilarious, like like the four touches before the goal are all defenders messing it up. It's 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 hysterical. You've got to watch it. But I mean, the the thing is, they are letting in goals as well. I mean, I, 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 yeah. don't get me wrong. I think it's a tough draw. Yeah, they lost four nil at Blackpool, didn't they, last yeah. week? If you look at the um, if you look at the table, I say that they're twelfth. I think they've got a goal difference of minus fifteen. 
yeah. when they're that when they're that high up the table. I mean, how peculiar is that? So they clearly they clearly got issues, and clearly they can get good results. But there's something strange going on there. And I take your point, Che, that any side that doesn't like goals in is going to be good in a, a tight one-off situation. Oh. I mean, that no, no, no. they let goals in. They do oh, yeah, let yeah. goals. <laughs> yeah, but so do we. So do we. Well, like yeah, you said, yeah, I take Chase's point about teams being able to be tight in one-off games. The Wrexham 97 team that got to the Cup quarterfinals in some ways was more solid than spectacular, although it did have match-winning players. But, yeah, I'm not sure what Shrewsbury are. They clearly, on, on occasions, concede so uh, and concede spectacularly. So I don't I don't know what they are. And I, I don't know. I quite like that. It's, it's the crazy thing about derby games in general. We could go there and lose 3-0. We could go there and win 3-0. It's all a flip of the coin. And, you know, let's give them respect here. Yes, we are a good side, but this is a seasoned League One side. Yeah. And this will, this is a real test mm. to see how good we are actually are and how ready this team is for League One. Because I mean, we've got to be getting results against Shrewsbury if we're going yeah. to get promoted this season. Predominantly, their fans see them as a very, very poor team this season. They had a very good start to the season, and it's just all pieces of the way. They can't play football, boring to watch, can't create goals, is what they're telling me. Um, and yeah, and they fear they're going to get relegated this season. They, they think what they're telling me is. I, I, I don't think they will. They're going to pass us on the way. We go up, they go down. I don't and think that they is will. their fear this season. Long may that continue. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> Good luck to them. <laughs> but it is such a huge game. I'm sure we're gonna be talking about that in more depth closer to the time. But after this, we're gonna talk about another trophy game. We're gonna talk about that Burton Albion game. I'm Luke Young and this is Dragonheart. Well, unfortunately, we crashed out of the Bristol Motors Trophy, whatever it's called. There's a street in there. Bristol that, Street that, Motors Trophy. Bristol Street Motors Trophy. I do apologise. I'm glad I don't have to say that again for the rest of the season. Um, but it was a heavily rotated squad, Neil, against a pretty much first Burton side. So I think in the grand scheme of things, we played all right. Yeah, they played very well. Apart from the first four minutes where they let in those two goals, yeah, I think they caught us on the hop with that, especially with the first goal. Just took me off guard and, and that shook us. But then we, we got one back quite quickly and watching the game in between other things, um, I thought Rex and Dominic for the rest of the first half, they looked a lot better. Uh, we had a lot more chances. We created a lot more chances and we looked good, you know, because it was our... Basically, our second 11 with one or two sprinkled in. I thought Wrexham played really, really well. And if anything, I'd have been happy with them getting draw. But, you know, it wasn't to be. As you say, it's a Bristol Street Motors Cup, so uh, I'd rather be in the FA Cup, I think. <laughs> I think that's... Uh, so say all of us. Well, Mark, it was the most thrilling five minutes... I've ever commentated on it, you know, three goals and they were all really good goals. It it was quite bizarre to commentate on, wasn't it? Really, to wrap your head around it. 
it was it was a proper cup tie, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, just yeah, everybody just toe to toe hammering it. And to be fair, uh, I'd say that that style of play continued throughout the first half and and at the end of the second half as well. Uh, they it really was wide open. I thought it was really interesting how Boston stretched the pitch, Burton stretched the pitch, and. You know, essentially with the ball at a four-two-four and made the pitch long and wide, and used that space really cleverly. But we adapted, stopped getting up to press them because that was just leaving the space. And yeah, Neil hit the nail on the head. We did very well in the first half. We were really unlucky to be behind, and quite apart from the fact that it was a fight back from letting in two early goals, which could completely knock the stuffing out of you. Uh, we also we had the misfortune of not being given an absolute Stonewall penalty. penalty. Yeah. I mean, a Stonewall, absolutely. I mean, McFadden is too good, beats his man, he gets kicked in the, in the shin just below his knee. I mean, what do you want, ref? Do you want him to get a gun out? <laughs> Hell's bells. It's a penalty. Yeah, it was a clear penalty, wasn't it, Neil? Yeah, and as you saw it more and more on the replays, I mean, the ref only gets that one chance to see it, unfortunately, but he had a good view of it. Um, we got to see the replays, and you know, the more and more you see it, it's definitely 100% penalty. And why the ref didn't give, give a penalty is is beyond me. And we've had some refs at the race course already, or the Stoke Kairos this season already. So uh, he's another one to add to the list, I think. It, it, well, it was quite funny commentating, Alex. Me and Marcus went, Oh, yeah, it was a penalty. Straight away, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. no thought or hesitation. Oh, that's a clear penalty. We looked at the replay. And it was, oh, yeah, that was a clear penalty. Yeah. It was, wasn't it, Mark? Stonewall. 100, yeah, 100%. I've said before, I'm I'm sort of pre-programmed to not jump to conclusions and say it's a penalty in case it turns out it isn't. And when I look at it again, I change my mind. But you're dead right, Jake. But both of us that immediately said penalty. There was no, there was no point in uh, stopping and thinking about it, and and that's sort of what that does irk me a bit. I, I Neil's exactly right; he's only got one chance to see it. I said that in the commentary as well. I totally agree, but it did look like a penalty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you have to really try and think. Ooh, what are the reasons to not give a penalty for that one? It was so clear. Uh, and when we're talking about people only getting one chance to see the ball, um, I suppose that's how James Jones might feel when he was going to clear the ball for their second goal, but the referee got in the way and blocked his view. So it bounced yeah. off him and they scored. So, you know, yeah. yeah. come on, ref. Uh, yeah, he should have blown up then and, and had a drop ball then. He definitely should have done, yeah. That was a bit of a stinker, that, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like jumping over the refer- all over the referees because I, for the future generations of referees, I think we referees and decisions get over-scrutinised and I think it's it's going to it's going to have we're going to have less referees going into the game and it's going to be a lower quality. And I think I think if we jump on referees' decisions all the time, it's not good. However, you cannot be getting in the way of play. That's a big, big no-no, isn't it, really, Mark? Uh, yeah, and equally, I did feel when Will Boyle took a really full-blooded shot square in the face and went down like a, a sack of spuds. I, I appreciate there wasn't a lot of time to react, but I thought the ref should have blown his whistle a lot quicker than he did. And he allowed Burton to get another shot in, and Jordan Davis gets a good block on it. If that had gone in, I think it'd be a hell to pay. Just like, play it down with a clear head injury. It could be serious, and you've carried on to see what the attack did. No, I, I'm afraid you've got, you got to use your care to the players. What I wonder is, you know, all this 
fuss about AI, do we need referees? Can't we create some weird all-knowing entity that will <laughs> plug its USB cable, USB-C cable, it's AI, into VAR and just make everything work? Because that's what I'm sure that's what the, the papers would tell us would happen. Oh, yeah, that, that's sort of scaremongering. Don't say that, Max. You're going to be on a talk sport um, <laughs> yes. article in the next few days. That's Rex it. and commentator set, has inside info on AI technology. Yeah. Rex and Loon calls for cull of referees. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's an episode title. <laughs> if I dare. But let's talk about officiating for a little bit. I've got to say, it's the toughest job in the pitch. You know, you've got a lot of responsibility. You've got a lot to think about. But how do we fix it at all levels, Mark? Geesh. <laughs> AI? No, sorry. Um, I think the standard overall has been better this season. I think people, I think we should acknowledge it. There have been mistakes. There have been some frustrating mistakes. There have been some very costly mistakes. But I would still say the officiating has been better overall. There've been plenty well, of games where we've liked the the officials. You know, much much as I want to be biased, they get one chance to see it. It is true. It's the sort of attitudes decisions, really, like that head injury one that bothered me. Um, but like you say, don't scare people off refereeing. Yeah, which I like no, to do. It's a thankless <laughs> job, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've done. I'd never do it again. That's all I gotta say on the matter. Um but I think that's it for Burton, really. So after this, we're gonna talk about our spooky announcement. I don't know why I call it spooky, but we'll talk about our announcement. <laughs> well, it is Halloween, isn't it, Trey? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it was Hall- yeah. <laughs> Close enough. It's close enough. Okay. I'm Mia Roberts and this is Dragon Well, we have an announcement regarding to. Well, it's not really an announcement, is it? It's just. It's a it's revelation. Yeah, it's a revelation. Yeah. It's that. So, last season, some of you may and may not have noticed when we were doing the away games that the, the, the crowd noises were completely silent, wasn't it, Mark? Do you want to explain why this was? Oh, God, yes. Um, well, Wrexham player, that platform works best with an ISDN line. Now, an ISDN line is a form of communication, either voice or data, um, which has been superseded. So it's out of it's it, it's no longer really the, the go-to system to use. And very few places have ISDN, but the Football League's platform was created on the network of ISDN lines. ISDN lines were installed in all the football league grounds to allow for that. And so Wrexham player works on that. Now, to be fair, I mean, you may well have noticed that unless there's some glitch, the sound quality is terrific off an ISDN line. And I can see why they use it. But they're a little fragile and they're all going to be switched off in 2025. So it's pretty obsolete. And that means, of course, National League clubs don't have them. So... As a consequence of that, because we were using ISDN and committed to it, but we had a lot of away games that didn't have that equipment, we had to do pretty much all the away games from the race course. And it presented its own peculiar difficulties, I think it's fair to say. Um, we, we weren't allowed to talk about that 
because you know obviously there could be issues if he talks about us doing it from the race course like people coming to the race course to to see if they can get in somehow to watch the game um and we used a private stream so it wasn't a, a public stream and yeah basically we had to do the away games from the race course and that was interesting i just can't lie so I never actually said we were at... You listen back to every single game. I'm sure everyone will. I never actually said we are at somewhere if we weren't. Um, but yeah, it did cause issues in terms of crowd noise. And also, I think, guys, it, it did cause certain... Shall we say health and se safety challenges for us <laughs> when we were going in there? Would you care to elaborate? Oh, uh, I wasn't sure whether we were allowed to talk about that, but we... Yeah, why not? We can talk about it now. So it was that that wasn't last season it was the season before wasn't it yeah. so um that was our first season of the takeover and it was a really really crazy windy game oh can i just say before you go on Shay, i actually was yeah. just talking about how dark it was, dark I, it was yeah. I was building up to that one later but go oh, on really? now you're saying yeah oh, we might as well jump into this one because this is going to yeah. be in in my memory for the rest of my life and i hope <laughs> Mark still has the audio somewhere for it because I'd love that to be released because that was it was just so funny. For one, it was it was an awful game of football. We played talk. It was the talky game we lost um, two seasons ago, and we didn't look too great in all fairness. But I'd say was it midway through through the first half or the second half? Out of nowhere, we just heard this crazy rumbling and a huge bang. And on the stream, we just went completely silent. And then out of nowhere. I forgot what Mark said, but it was really funny. No, it was just, it was just we all went silent, didn't we? Because, like, what the heck was going on there? And then after a moment of silence, I thought, I've got to carry on. And I just, oh. like nothing had happened, said, Paul Johnson with the throw-in. <laughs> just tried to carry on. Neil, how terrifying was that moment? It it, it was crazy. because I, I can't remember whether it was actually dark or not as well, but it was one really windy, windy day. Yeah. Um, And... Things were flying around the ground already, you know, bits of paper and everything. And then, as you say, we heard it. We, we were commenting and we heard this awful rumbling and then, then metal on metal grinding. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't discover until after the game what had actually happened, did we? When oh. we were actually leaving the ground. Or oh, just well, how close we'd come to death. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it flapped over the back of the stand, thankfully. Oh, yeah. And didn't fly forward. Because we would have fly it? forward. It was oh, it was a Rex and Lager, uh, it was the Rex and Lager stand sign, wasn't it? Yeah, and it if was, we yeah. flew under the stand, we wouldn't have had time to react. It would have just hit us. Yeah. And that would have been a crazy that would have been a crazy stream then, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, as we got with the capitals, I would say pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The headless commentators of Wrexham. What a <laughs> Halloween tale. You said it was spooky, didn't you? Oh, yeah, it was spooky. But I, I've, I've got to say, that that was a crazy moment. But just to be able to do that for two seasons, Mark and Neil, and it's, it's Shane Bill isn't on the stream as well, was a real privilege and probably one of the most unique ways to watch football ever, wasn't it? You were sit we were sitting at our home ground on our own watching Wrexham away on a TV, it was brilliant, wasn't it, Neil? It, it, it was something that I'll take to the grave of me. It was it was nuts. You know, we were there in an empty stadium, as you say, all weathers, all times of day, afternoon matches, evening matches, in the dark, 
complete darkness a lot of the time. There was yeah. never any lights left on for us, apart from the winter time when they brought those new heaters in, which went on the pitch, which gave us a little bit of light to see where we were going. Yeah. Uh, no warmth because absolutely freezing cold there. So yeah, we were quite dedicated, weren't we, guys? You know, going all weathers. Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights, whenever we were called to do commentary, it was either myself, Che, and Mark, and also Bill. A lot of the time, there were, there were four of us, and it was it was a great experience. But it was like little kids knowing a secret which nobody knew. You know, yeah, yeah. I couldn't really tell anybody. You know, Mark um, walking into the... It would have looked dodgy, wouldn't it, us four walking into the stadium, Mark carrying a TV every week. <laughs> and it, it was just... It was it was so cool. And I we had some great moments there commentating, but we, I, I remember making mistakes sometimes. Like, oh, I remember saying, oh, that Bromley's ground looks unique. And you, uh, and you went, yes, it's great as we are sitting in it right now or something like that. And it's just like, oh... Yeah, it's great to be here. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I just that—that that was weird. I think we got away with that pretty well. Um, yeah. I, I always was amazed that very few people actually seemed to comment on the fact there was no crowd noise, um, and I felt terrible about that because, like I said, we were told, and I, I totally appreciate the reasons why. I think it was a correct decision. We shouldn't be talking about how we are not there. Uh, I mean, an awful lot of the games you see from all the top European leagues are commentators done by people who are in a big hangar in Watford. They're not they're not there. So we weren't in that sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was custom builds for them, yeah. Um, you know, but in that sense it was normal. You don't hear people on Sky Sports saying, Well, here we are in a shed. Look at that, look how nice Bayern Munich's ground looks. You know, they don't say that. So I think it was quite right. But yeah, there were certain um yeah, occasions when I think we, we did well to bluff through it. Uh, the crowd noise was non-existent. I did try for a little bit. We had a recording of a game we played at Dover. It was the one when uh, we scored right at the end to win it. And it had no commentary on it, just audio. And it was quite a nice sort of regular burble. And so I tried a couple of games of just that in the background. Yeah. And I don't think that was great. I then actually set up lots of hotkeys so that I, if certain things happened... Like Wrexham scored, I had the sound of a Wrexham goal. I had the sound of whatever, you know. But commentating, making notes and doing that was beyond me. I tried that once, couldn't do it. It was a bit clunky, wasn't it? Yeah, just, yeah. So, yeah, we just carried on doing it like that. But I I felt terrible. Sorry, that was the same, wasn't it? I felt terrible because just occasionally you get people saying, why is there no sound? And I think, oh, I can't answer that question because, you know, we can't say. And then, generally, somebody would jump in and say, well, if it's an enclosed press box, there won't be any sound, which is absolutely true. Uh, I just thought, oh, I feel bad, but I'm just going to have to leave that like that now because it looks like the question's been answered. I did feel pretty bad, i got to be honest. That 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 um, that sign on the Wrexham stand, Wrexham Lager stand, that was a scary thing. We, we dragged it back inside the ground, didn't we? It was in a big... Sort of quaver shape, uh, the crisp, not the, the musical malarkey in the car park, wasn't it? It could have really hurt somebody on the outside. Yeah. The ground had only, the stand had only just been sponsored. So I can only assume it wasn't affixed very well. And we had to be, we dragged it in, didn't we, into the ground so it didn't cause any more problems. But it was a big chunk of metal, that was. 
And then, like Neil said, those heating things with the pitch. Oh, man. Before they brought those in, night games will, I mean, genuine. I can say this genuinely because I tried it. You genuinely could not see a hand in front of your face. It was that dark. And it's just like foam torches to try and find the steps and everything, wasn't it, and to set up. Um, and then when they brought in those lights to improve the pitch, that was wonderful because it just gave the whole ground was got this pumpkin spice glow, uh, glow and, and we could see everything yeah. there. It was fantastic. So we, we were delighted with that. It was just, it, it was so unique and, you know, we'll probably never be able to do it again. And it, it, it was great on the final game against Torquay, wasn't it? You know, we had a bit of, a bit of a spread, didn't we? We had loads of uh, food and stuff. There's a shock. <laughs> yeah, a shock. And it, it, it was a really nice way to yeah. end that period of commentating because it was so unique. And mm. I, yeah, I, I loved every minute of it. Oh, you brought back a memory there, though, Shay, because that Torquay game as well, I remember one of my, I had a number of fears about things that could go wrong, but my main one was buffering. What the hell do you do if the game just drops off or the game starts buffering? And we never had too much problem with that, thankfully. Yeah. But the then that game was bad. Game, it buffered like you know, three games. Where it dropped out completely. That's where we have problems where we it dropped out completely a couple of times. Yeah. Yes, but it didn't gen. Uh, it didn't tend to last too long, did it? Although we wouldn't know that, would we? And you have to sort of. Well, actually, I, I, you're you're right, Neil. I remember a couple of times just thinking, okay, this has gone on for like thirty seconds. This could be. That could be all we see. And I just had to hit the, the mute buttons and say, right, <laughs> better, you know, it's best that it seems that our commentary has gone off than us continue to bluff. When you know, there could be a goal. People could be looking on their phone. It says Wrexham scores. And we're just talking generally about how the game's gone so far. So, yeah, after if it went over 30, you'd hit the mute. But it tended to come back quickly. But that Torquay game was awful. And it was it just kept buffering all the way through, all the way through. And it was really was just sort of thinking, let's hope nothing happens. You know, there's oh, somebody be about to shoot. Well, I remember Waters should have got a penalty. Yeah. And it's sort of, as he went in for the a ball in the box, you're thinking, ooh, that's a 50-50. It was like the McFadden one. You think, if he gets there first, he'll probably win a penalty. And then it just froze. And then came back about five seconds later with Waters on the floor shouting for a penalty. And it's like, okay, we can say he's shouting for a penalty. We can't really make any comment on it because we didn't see it. Um, so it was a weird experience. All that sort of thing was crazy. The, the other thing I feared was um, just complete loss of signal at our end, which would, never happened, to be fair. But, yeah, it was it was an experience, wasn't it? Fly, flying by the seat of your pants. But it was great fun. And, and for us to be successful like that. The number of times we were, like, screaming in an empty stadium. Yeah, and it's echoing around. We're doing the whole Sam Dolby. I love you football. The last stuff yeah. in an empty stadium, echoing about. It was like I, I agree totally, Jay. It was it was weird, and there were challenges, but ultimately, so glad we did it. It was insane. Yeah, and you've got to remember, the most Americans came on board listening to us. Yeah, yeah. In the empty stadium at Racecourse, doing commentary. Yeah, yeah. I do feel like I, I feel slightly like I cheated people, but. We didn't. We did what we had to do. The, the alternative mm. was no commentary. Oh, the other thing that, that happened sometimes was, I mean, right, the, the streaming guys we've got now 24-7, they are outstanding. But there were some games done before they came in. Um, and home games were brilliant. 
away games could be a bit scratchy sometimes. I think, to be fair, it's often because some clubs didn't cooperate much. That Dover match, for example, was pretty much filmed from pitch level because they wouldn't let them go up in the oh. gantry. Well, why did I say pretty much? It was. There was a handrail across the picture, yeah. and we did have to commentate on that. And, you know, we couldn't see what There was a guy that happened. walked past in a cowboy hat, wasn't there? Yes, yes! <laughs> Exactly. That, that, yeah. that that that's up there. One of my favourite moments. Just, just oh, and there's just a guy walking past the. You could barely see the action. Just a guy walking past with yeah. trench coat and a cowboy hat, and he's like, "Oh, welcome to National League." <laughs> yeah. But that was that because of the angle, and it was a misty sort of Saturday game in the dark, oh, and you, you just yeah. couldn't see. You could you couldn't really see much on the in the middle of the pitch. The far side of the pitch was almost impossible, and and. We did have a couple of games like that, and I'm quite proud. I think we dealt with it quite well, really. Um, when Davis scored that goal, though, I mean, even at the time and even looking at the footage, it's hard to work out exactly what happened. Yeah, uh, believe me, commentating on it was just as, as a goal <laughs> you know, in the distance, you can see people celebrating in the mist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's you know, it, it did it did have its challenges, but it. All, all in all, we it was all for the love of Wrexham Football Club, wasn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah, all for the dedication and, and for the fans to be able to listen to the games live. But it was also a privilege, you know, to watch away oh. games because it, yeah. it didn't happen watching away games on the TV. Well, it did in the lockdown season, but not everyone had access to it for a long time. And we, yeah. we were privileged enough to watch every single home and away game for those two seasons and to do it. In your home stadium, I can't. I don't think there's probably anyone in the world that has done that, and we've done that with this magical takeover and everything that's happened with the documentary. To have our own little unique part mm. in that, Neil, it, it's it's nice, isn't it? All we could have done with like with like a you know a sofa to sit on to watch it, and <laughs> a nice warm fire there would have been ideal, and hot <laughs> drinks and whatever. But no, it wasn't like that at all. Was it, guys? It was yeah. just. As we sit there during our home games now, we out in the cold, in the elements. Mm. But guys, we had a great time. We enjoyed it. We loved turning up an empty football ground three quarters of an hour before kickoff and, and, and doing the commentary. And, and I think as well, it was really a good thing for the development of the Ask Wrexham community, the yeah. massive international yeah. support and domestic support who really enjoy that sort of thing because we were able to have the continuity of the same people commentating home and away. Mm. Uh, and, and I think that that must have helped a lot. And then just to make it clear as well, the reason we could see a stream and other people couldn't was that whole dispute with the National League, wasn't it? The National League, mm. and I really can't understand this, we're cutting off the nose to spite their face. We said we wanted to stream. They said no. We said we'll give all the money to all the other clubs and keep none of it. They still said no. It was bizarre. But you were still allowed to privately stream as long as you were willing to pay for the camera crew and the home team were willing to allow the camera crew to set up. And there's only one club that didn't allow the camera crew to set up. Uh, and although sometimes they were put in disadvantageous positions the fact is that yeah we were legally allowed to do that but privately you know so say the yeah. owners could see it or somebody who was on the board might be able to have a look at it and it was purely for that and then we were just given the opportunity to watch that footage um so that's why we could see it and other people couldn't national league were not allowing that streaming at all 
but privately there was nothing there was nothing at all wrong about about streaming it privately it's it's perfectly legit yeah but when they yeah. showed us on the video when I'm so, sorry I must say when, welcome to Wrexham when they heard that we did that they went they were thrilled they went wow what's a story that's crazy and that's why they showed bits of us in an empty stadium didn't they in the second season yeah. commentating or me opening the gates that wasn't um, some home game where I arrived first. That was an away game. <laughs> yeah, <'cause, laughs> but it was three of us. You know? If it was a home game, you were arriving first. You'd have to been to be, to be opening the gates. You'd have to been there like seven in the morning. Or yeah, something silly absolutely. Like that, probably. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Mark to be fair, but you know. Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we've got one more little news thing, and I think we'll just roll straight into it. Earlier this week. Um, AFC announced that we're going to be having a temporary stand in the COP. Guys, again, this is more great news. Is it 2,300? Yeah, something along those lines. Sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head. Neil, it would be great to see even just a temporary stand in the COP for now. Just to see a four-sided stand, which is going to be temporary, would be fantastic. You know, it it allows another 2,000-plus Rex and fans to watch the games, which everybody's complaining they can't get tickets for. And I believe they say they're going to have it up before Christmas for the Newport game. Yeah. yeah. So, which, which will be great. So, there'll be another release of tickets for mm. for the Newport game and the Barrow game, I would have thought. So, um, but it'll be solely for the home fans, which is fantastic news for, for the community. And they're also saying, you know, the cost upon the stand is not going to be, you know, the, the revenue going to be gained from the, the tickets is not going to cover the cost of the stand. So fair play just to, to get extra fans into the ground. They're doing it maybe at a loss, which is, you know, how how Wrexham is run at the moment and what they think of the fans we've got at Wrexham. Yeah, I think that's the key thing for me. This is going to make a loss, but it doesn't matter because it lets more people get into the ground. And that's that's the ethos of a community club, isn't it? They want people to get it. I mean, obviously, there's there's other benefits to getting more people in. But the bottom line is, yeah, fantastic that we can expand our capacity like that. We can get more people watch and we can intimidate the goalkeepers at the other end instead of just at the Stoke Cold Brew coffee end. That means we lose the pig. That's any downside. What? There'll be the big pig, you know, that's going to disappear. But it's, a oh, it's gone. It's gone. already gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought you had your way with it, Neil, and um, <laughs> destroyed it. Um... <laughs> what? It, I mean, I've got to say, after your opening comments on this show, to, to, to go down that road again was pretty bold. You said what he said. I, I'm, not, I'm not repeating that. Blame it now. <laughs> My solicitor will be on to you. <laughs> I, I, list of you, aren't you guys? Which church photography? <laughs> but oh my oh. god, solicitors are going to be in contact with me. Yeah, I do apologize. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, Sander. <laughs> the um, but yeah, the, but at the end of the game on Sunday, I was sort of yeah. musing on if that pig's Wrexham shirt is <laughs> integral. Does that mean that it's just going to be destroyed afterwards? Because who is going to? buy a pig in a Wrexham shirt and I was thinking could I have it and put it up in the garden and uh, Mrs Griffiths would have been delighted I know I would have put <laughs> thousands on the house um but yeah I realized when I looked closely at some pictures that that shirt obviously was a bit of plastic that they can put over the top of it and uh... it. so it's gone now it's gone to I don't know who knows 
That's that's a brilliant Netflix documentary, seen as we're not in a Netflix documentary, although most people seem to think we are. It's sort of like, you know, where did Percy go? What you know, what happened to Percy Pig? And we could do lots of earnest interviews of people who claim to be uh, inflatable pig experts talking about what often happens to pigs when they disappear. Um, and not, not you know, I know what happens when your pigs disappear, Neil. That's uh, Burger King, isn't it? The, <laughs> but, you know, we could have this big sort of investigation trying to find where he is. And it turns out he's outside the car dealership in Rotherham. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. So going back to the stand again, guys, as well. Oh, yeah. They're also, they're also going to accommodate every even an extra 20 disabled um, fans ah. as well. Brilliant. Which is great news again, you know? Brilliant. Pound for pound, you know, the, the, the disability facilities that we provide at our club is extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Let's well, be fair. And, and, you know, Credit to Robin Ryan and credit to the WST before them as well, who've really been putting this in place for a while. It truly shows that we are a community club and we care about all of our fans, no matter what. And I think that's brilliant. And credit to Kerry Evans, who has gone from yeah, an amazingly Kerry. overworked volunteer to a ludicrously overworked employee because the supersizing obviously brings lots more elements in that she has to deal with and she's constantly snowed under, but goodness me, what a service she has provided for supporters of Wrexham Football Club and supporters of other clubs. Absolute legend. Yeah, she's, she deserves the freedom of the city as well, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I seriously think that. I really do. Um, does anyone else have anything else to add? Um... That Squid Game reality show is good, isn't it? Squid well, that game. went down well. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, you'll get it in twenties forty-seven. Don't worry, mate. Yeah, it'll it'll get to shop at which church by then. Yeah, over the top of the head, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think that's the end of the show, guys. Thank you, everyone, for it. listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs> been a really fun show i've really enjoyed talk, finally talking about the away games that we've been doing the last few seasons because it really has been hush hush i'm sure only our really close family members would have known about it and it's really good to announce it and mm. really good again to do dragon hat with you too this has been neil williams mark griffiths and shay long this is dragon hat I'm Neil Roberts and this is Dragonheart.